This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Happy Father's Day from us here on the Larry Hardesty Show and 98.7 ESPN. And, of course, your Tri-State Accurate dealers. Precision-crafted performance for exceptional lease and finance offers. Visit Acura.com. Second hour of the show. Thank you for joining us at 1-800-919-3776. News that there's rain falling in Fenway. Hope it doesn't move the first game too late. Hopefully they can, uh, it will subside and start on time. We'll go back to baseball a little bit later in the show. Right now we turn our attention to the NBA. We always have to be joined by Christian Winfield. He does a great job covering the Nets and the NBA for the New York Daily News. Christian Winfield, happy Father's Day if it applies, and welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? It, it, it most certainly does not apply to yours truly. However, happy Father's Day to all the fathers that may be listening right now. How you been, Larry? Good to hear from you. I've been great, my friend. Well, happy Father's Day to your father. How about that? How about that? We'll yeah, yeah, you. there we go. That much, much better, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, before we we turn our attention to the NBA draft, I'm very curious with free agency because, Christian, the rumors (laughs) are just unbelievable. When you look and see what people are talking about, I mean, you know, uh, we'll talk Nets first. Obviously, for me, Cam Johnson is the number one person that you guys have to figure out what is happening there. So take me through where the Cam Johnson negotiations are and who are some of the other top free agents that you think uh, you're going to re-sign like a Seth Curry or maybe coming to the Nets? You know, you're spot on there. Cam Johnson, for, for a number of reasons, is priority number one. And the number one reason is his relationship with Mikhail Bridges, right? That was the question that I asked both of them, Mikhail and Cam. You know, I asked Cam if his relationship with Mikhail would uh, would factor into his uh, free agency decisions, and he all but said, "Yeah, you know, this is this is my guy. I want to stay here and play with him." Um, and the Nets respect that. And I think just the way that you know, if I if I had to say a guess, I, I would say that they kind of let maybe the market dictate what Cam Johnson's value is going to be because you've got a guy who, I mean, at his position, you you're surprised at how big he is, right? And then you go see him in the locker room, and he's you know he's he's a he's a huge guy, right? He's, he's so a six foot eight, you know, his wingspan can shoot the three defense. He he, he does it all, um, and it, it just reliability there as well, right? And, and stability, and and you know, it, it's you can look at the point guard position. You could look at Nikola Jokic and what he's been able to do, and you know, hats off to the Denver Nuggets. But if you don't have wings, if you don't have stability on the wings in this league, you're you're, you're toast, right? And I think if the Nets are able to lock that in and have a really a a, a trio of now. Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, and if you're still having Nick Claxton as one of the most versatile perimeter defenders in the game uh, at the center spot, you're pretty good in the front court. And now you just have to focus on, okay, where is the extra scoring coming from uh, in the back court? And, and I think that's where we, we transition into free agency, into trade targets, you know. And, and it's a tough draw for Spencer Dinwiddie because he's been in this position for a number of teams where you have that starting point guard position and you're doing just good enough maybe for your team to get into the playoffs. But when you need that guy to get over the hump, he, he's the number one suspect there because he's the floor general. The ball is in his hands. He's, you know, and that a lot of times the, the buck stops with the point guard. And, uh, you know, that's what the Nets are going to be tasked here with is finding a floor general, finding someone who can lead this team and get some points. This team was struggling to score uh, for a lot of the second half of the season. And a lot of that is given is due to the, the just how this team came together abruptly. 
Nobody really knew how to play with each other. I think a strong training camp will help this group. But they're going to need a lead guard. Uh, they're going to need someone who can go out there and, and lead this team. And we saw Mikhail Bridges come out and average 26.9 points, which is great. But when you're in the playoffs, as we saw in the first round, you know, these defenses start to key in. And if you don't have that head of the snake kind of alpha scorer, you're going to struggle. And I think that's where the Nets need to figure out what they're doing. Uh, so free agency is going to be interesting. Trades, you keep seeing Damian Lillard, you're seeing Bradley Beals. I mean, you're seeing a whole bunch of names get tossed around. Um, I, I'm very curious to see what direction the Nets go, especially when you consider, you know, in 2025, you've got this new broadcast deal that could significantly spike that salary cap. And now you're looking in a position to where you can add another star, kind of like the Warriors did a few years ago when they put Kevin Durant in the fold and were able to sign him out right as a free agent. So uh, the, the Nets can go a number of different ways. And I think for Sean Marks, this is a great opportunity because, you know, what happened with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you know, it, things can go left when it comes to superstars, but with Sean Marks, we've seen him have a real propensity to find, you know, gems in the draft to, to you know, turn some trades that may not seem like they're in his favor into actually decent returns for the Nets. So I'm really excited to see what he's able to do this summer as well. Christian Winfield is my guest on the Larry Hardesty Show. Christian, uh, you mentioned, the, is Sean Marks the type of guy that has a short memory? in the sense of would he be apprehensive <laughs> to try something like that again? I mean, you know, the issue with uh, Pearson Garnett before he came, this issue here with uh, Irving and KD, uh, you mentioned the big the, the big change with the with the boosted money, but really when you look at the new contract, they kind of they kind of seem like they want to move you away the league for moving you away from having a big 3 team. You know what I'm saying? Like penalties for you yeah. having this and whatnot. So they, they kind of want you to to move away. So I'm just curious, is there pressure for Sean Marks to stay away from a big a big acquisition like that? Or will he just say, okay, that didn't work, but my job is still, if I think I can get three guys who are superstars to play for this team, that's what I'm going to do. You, you know, that's an interesting question. When And I won't name the players, but, you know, a number of players who were kind of sent away or sent out when the Nets got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden. Some of the guys were included in the Harden deal. Uh, some of the guys that were part of that 2018-19 team uh, that, that made the playoffs for the first time in however many years uh, that ended up being broken up to bring the big three uh, to Brooklyn. I ended up talking to some of them, and they said, you know, they felt like the front office preferred uh, a more a more chill vibe, right? And that's word for word what some guys told me. Um, and, you know, when you say that, when you say, when you use those exact words, a, a more chill vibe, well, that's the direct opposite of what they had when you have guys like James Harden and, and Kyrie Irving and, and even Kevin Durant to a lesser extent, even though KD was really focused on just getting on the basketball court, right? But sometimes when you have these superstar players, drama comes, drama just follows, right? And the Nets know all about that, given everything they have to deal with, with Kyrie and James Harden in town. So, you know, part of me, seems like I think it's less about superstars and more so about the kind of star, right? Like if you're telling me, okay, there's a deal there where you get to bring Damian Lillard to Brooklyn. Well, Damian Lillard and Kyrie Irving may be on the same caliber in terms of basketball, but they're two different types of individuals and likely two different types of people to deal with. Right. So I think it, it largely depends on what type of star we're talking about, but at the same time, I mean, Sean Marks knows that he's got a, a chance here. He's got these draft assets. I mean, you've got something like 11 or 12 first-round picks through the next eight years, seven years. You've got 
so many different players that you can trade that are actual, you know, these are players that guys want, right? You're talking about guys like Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, uh, you know, you've got Joe Harris. You've, you've even got Ben Simmons, who's rehabbing this summer, and we don't know what his trade value is. But you've got a whole bunch of different players here that you can put together uh, with your draft capital to go get a guy like maybe Dame or Bradley Beal is available, and that might be a piece that gets you closer to the Eastern Conference Finals, right? And I don't think Sean Marks is going to – I think to your point or to your question, I think in the respect of dealing with stars, he has to have a short memory because these opportunities aren't going to come – just every single season, right? If you have a chance to strike while the iron's hot, I think they do it. So uh, I think that's going to be active if the, if the right type of star becomes available. I think they do it, but I think they learned over these last few years that just because the guy's a superstar doesn't mean he's the right fit for your organization. And uh, that's what we're going to see if they can find the right fit moving forward. Seth Curry back? That's a great question. I'm not sure. I, I, I If I had to say bet on it, I might say no. You know, this is a guy who kind of you know, he, he's. It, it seems like he's in a space where he wants to play for a legitimate contender, and I feel like the Nets are still maybe one or two pieces away, probably closer to two pieces away from even being considered an Eastern Conference uh, contender. Uh, and, and on top of that, I think he, he had he, he mentioned Philly a few times. I, I think there might be potential for him to go back there, um, but it, it's. I, I think there's going to be a, a market for his services, and on top of that. You've got Cam Thomas, and those two were competing for the same number of minutes. And at this point, if you've got Cam Thomas on your team, you've got to start playing him. This is a guy who had four 40-point games in the second half of the season, three in a row while Kyrie was getting negotiating his trade out of, the, out of Brooklyn and then had, what, 46 in the season finale. So this is a guy that you have to play minutes this season coming up, and there's no real pathway to playing him minutes and paying Seth Curry and also playing him minutes as well. So it, it, it would just make a lot of sense for Seth Curry to go somewhere where he could actually win a or have a shot to win a championship legitimately and for the Nets to bump Cam Thomas up in the rotation because he's so gifted. And, you know, we like to talk about what he can't do. Oh, he maybe isn't the best defender he is. He maybe isn't the best playmaker. But he's going to go out there and get you a bucket, and that's something the Nets needed the entire second half of the season. So uh, if I had to maybe put my future goggles on, I would say Cam Thomas steps into that six-man role and uh, and Seth Curry is on his way elsewhere. All right, Christian, I want you to put your binoculars on and let's talk for the about the Knicks for a couple of minutes. I mean, all these people oh, I'm seeing coming to the Knicks. I mean, Christoph Porzingis, I'm seeing him return coming back. I mean, the list is endless. And <laughs> it, it's funny, the one thing I always see, because, you know, Zion Williamson and obviously Bradley Beal has been mentioned and so many, all these players, Christian, are guys who don't play a lot. <laughs> Kind of right, like, like always injured. I mean, from, from just from your reporting and hearing and, and digging stuff around the league, what, what do you think this Nick team is going to do to try to improve? Because they're at a, they're at an interesting place right now. They are at an interesting place right now, and I I feel like it, it it's like this all every season now. All roads go back to Julius Randle because he's kind of like that imperfect fit, right? Like you you know you you. The the ball stopping right. It's it, as soon as he touches the ball, the offense stagnates. Sometimes then he he has tunnel vision. But then you're looking around and you're like, okay, well, what can we get for him that's going to actually improve our roster? Is Obi starting going to improve us, right? And and if not, what's the market out there for Julius now? And he's had a few you know lukewarm postseasons in a row now. So it, it's the Knicks are in a difficult spot, but at the same time. 
I think they over they 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 overachieved this year, right? I don't think a lot of people expected them to to, to play the way they did to to make the playoffs in the fashion that they did, you know. And you know, one person that also stood out to me in this playoff run, R.J. Barrett, played some really good basketball, right? So so the Knicks are in a good spot, but I think the question for them is, do you move forward with Julius Randle? And I, I don't think the answer is yes. At least if, if this was me, right? I, I would be looking around like, how can we upgrade our roster? What's the most we can get back for Julius Randle? Because you, you want to play a, a style of basketball where the ball is popping, the ball is hopping around, and it, it just seems like everybody. It, it, it's just been too many instances where it just seems like Randall isn't all the way bought into the team's success as opposed to his own individual success, right? And and sometimes that's to the detriment of the team. Now, do you deal with that if you can't get a replacement that imp- improves your roster? I don't know, right? Probably you, you have no choice but to, but that's the impasse that I feel like this team finds themselves at. And I honestly don't think that moving Obi into the starting lineup is your option, is, your, is, is a viable option either if you want to make the playoffs again. So uh, they're in a tough spot, man. I'm interested to see. I'm, I'm wondering what you think they, they should do moving forward. Are you, are you of the mindset that they should trade Julius Randle, or do you like what you've seen from him so far to the point where you'd like another season from him? No, Christian, I'm ready to move on, but I, but I have to be selective <laughs> in what I move on from. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, from a stat-wise, yeah. I'm getting 25 and 10 from him, and I get it. People will tell you stats build. Up, you, what hurts me – see, what hurts is what you just mentioned about him in the postseason. See, that kills you because that's yeah. when you really want. Now this year, are we saying the ankle? I mean, what are we? Are we going to give him a, a pass? We're give him an excuse? I don't know. Uh, Obi Top. Every, every every rumor I see, Obi Toppin is not on this team next year. Uh, he's part of a trade. Right. Uh, Emmanuel quickly did not give you a lot in the postseason. Uh, Christian, he could be part of a trade. I'll answer this here. I'll, I'll throw the question back at you. When you covered Miami, you covered Miami Denver, right? When you yeah. watch Miami, uh, they are a better version of the Knicks. Okay, they're a better version yeah. of the Knicks, and you know, because Jimmy Butler is a better version of Julius Randle, right? Much better sure. version, more clutch, better shooter, everything. Or right? even though they play different positions, he's a better version. Uh, Miami sure. is not standing pat. You know, Miami is going. You know, my Pat Riley. Miami is Miami's going, going for the kill shot. They want There's it. no question. Yeah. There's no question. So. The Knicks are going to have to do something because Miami is not going to stay pat. Philly's going to improve. They got Nick Nurse. You guys with Brooklyn, you're going to improve. Milwaukee's going to do something. Yeah. All right? And and Boston's going to get a yeah. point guard because that's what's killing them. Yeah. So the Knicks have to do something, and I'm just concerned, you know, A, as a Knicks fan, uh, are they going to be pressured to do something because they did not pull the trigger on Donovan Mitchell? So does that mean, Christian, they're going to be pressured to do something – you know, else because they just have to make a move. Yeah, I think so. And you're just going to be pressured no matter what because you're the New York Knicks, right? Like, this fan base does not want to see the same season over and over and over again. But would you rather have the same season or even maybe a little bit worse of a season, right? If you don't improve your roster, you're probably going to drop down. You might fall back into into play-in territory given how all these other teams are going to come uh, next season. But at the same time, would you rather that than pull off the wrong deal? Like, how many times have we seen teams pull off the wrong deal and now you're married to a bad contract and a guy who's not playing well? The Nets know all about that, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's, a, it's a difficult spot for them to be in, you know, maybe in, in, a, in a macro. But when you look at what they've done, I mean, Jalen Brunson, I think, bona fide 
all-star next season. R.J. Barrett, I feel like, took a step forward in the playoffs. Um, I, it, it All roads come back to Julius Randle. I don't know what they do. I don't know if, if they give him another opportunity to show what he can do in the playoffs now, but it, it's not looking good, right? So if there's a way they can package some of those guys to get – I don't think Porzingis is the answer. I would love – here's what I think would get you guys maybe not over the hump. If you guys are able to find a way to get Laurie Markkinen off of the Jazz, right, that's the type of move I think maybe moves you into a different conversation. But if I'm the Jazz, I don't know why I would give up Laurie Markkinen for Julius Randle, right? Like you'd have to be sweetening that pot somehow. So I think maybe that's the type of move. They, the Knicks might have to overpay for somebody, right, just, just to keep them in the conversation. If they overpay for the right somebody, I, I think they should do it. So what else is new? Uh, last, day, <laughs> last day, Christian, give me your thoughts on, on the draft coming up, coming up on Thursday. Um, I'm seeing some interesting comments about the what whom, whom most people are telling me is the number one in Wimbayama. Uh I'm seeing some interesting comments about him. What have you seen? What have you heard? You, you know, I was just looking at uh, his teammates' highlights. Bilal, I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right, Kulabali. Uh, he seems, uh, Victor seems to think uh, his teammate Bilal should be a top five pick uh, over the Thompson Twins. And he's saying, hey, if the Thompson Twins are, are supposed to go top five from playing an overtime elite, which is not even remotely as good a competition as we play in overseas over here, then my teammate should be going uh, top five as well. So it, it, it's interesting. Uh, I, I still think Victor is going to come out as, you know, the, the, the number one guy in this draft for years to come. I think it's going to be the, the no-brainer top pick. But I, I think there's a lot of room here for some of these other guys, right? And maybe number two even at school. You maybe, there's, there's that firm line of, of demarcation between one, two, and, and the rest of this draft class. Mm-hmm. I'm, interested, yeah, I'm interested in seeing who's going to trade up, right? You've got the Nets here with 21 and 22 and I don't think they're interested in adding rookies right now. I think they know that they need to strike while the iron's hot. Or maybe they package those picks and move up and get a higher-quality rookie. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of musical chairs here uh, in this NBA draft class. I'm, I'm really excited because this is the time of the season where a lot of these teams are putting together deals. And on draft night, it's just so much fun to, to watch. So uh, I, I can't wait. Yeah, it is going to be interesting, and we'll be reading you to see what the Nets are doing and your thoughts around the rest of the NBA. Christian Winfield, thanks for a couple of minutes on this Father's Day. My man, thanks for having me. Anytime. All right, my pleasure. Christian Winfield, when we return, we'll take your basketball call. Oh, what do you think about the NBA draft coming up? 1-800-919-3776. Also hit me up on Twitter at ESPN at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7FM. We'll come back and talk to you on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. The U.S. Open continues later today. Ricky Fowler and Wyndham Clark sit atop the leaderboard with Rory McIlroy, Scotty Schiffler, and company right behind them. It's going to be interesting. A lot of drama coming up when the U.S. Open continues later today. This leaderboard update brought to you by Pinehurst Resort. At Pinehurst, it is sometimes it is someone's U.S. Open every single day. Visit Pinehurst.com now to plan your stay. 1-800-919-3776. Larry Horst's show on this Father's Day. You just heard from Christian Winfield, and we get to the calls in a second. He makes an interesting point from a Knicks standpoint, right? Because you know that you have to improve your team. And it's really a similar conversation we had uh, last week, whereas it's, it's a thin line 
in improving your team and with a move and making your team worse. All right. And that's what the Knicks did after their first season. You know, they make a deal. Evan Fournier, they, a couple of other moves and whatnot, and the team, done. They come back this year, and obviously you you make the big free agent signing in what many consider was the best free agent signing in the league and maybe the past couple of leagues for the influence that he had on his team in Jalen Brunson, and you see what that was able to do to elevate your club. But there's a lot of pressure on this Nick team. Okay, There's a lot of pressure on them. Because as I mentioned with Christian, everybody in your division is going to try to improve. Okay, I know Miami is Miami's not going to be the same team as they were this year. Pat Riley's not going to stand for that. All right, Philadelphia could be better just by Nick Nurse being there, and they're going to probably make some adjustments and make some moves. All right, you know Milwaukee's going to make some moves. They've got a new head coach, and they're going to make some some player adjustments. Same thing with Boston, you know, I mean, one of the other leaks and rumor trades about, you know, Chris Paul going to that for them to finally get a point guard that can regulate and help, you know, uh, their talented duel in the front court be better. And that's just, that's, we have, you know, that's just in your conference, in your division. So, uh, and Toronto is going to do something. I mean, even if they move on, I always messed up his name, his name on the Nobby, uh, which I would love to see him come to the Knicks. I know that's not going to happen. I would love it too. So there's going to be changes. So you know right now where you are, you're not good enough to get to where you're going. you got to make some moves. And so once again, the question just becomes how much of a move do you make? Do you go all out or do you just tinker? But you have to be honest with yourself and look at this team. Okay, when you look at this team, you have to be honest and say, you know what? Come on, we're, we we look what it took for us to get to where we were. It really took it really took the acquisition of Josh Hart to take you to that next step. I mean, we weren't talking about this team going deep into the postseason before Josh Hart got here, and before Emmanuel quickly had an unbelievable second half, which really put him in the who many consider he was the sixth man of the year. But unfortunately, because of injury, he started so much, it took him out of the six-man. It took him out of the six-man conversation. So those are the, you have to really be honest with yourself. Okay, what is this team going to do? We'll get your thoughts next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yankees scheduled to start at 145. We'll see what happens there. Mets are scheduled to get underway in a couple of minutes. Let's go to the phones. Jose is in Brooklyn. Jose, you're next on 98.7. Good afternoon, Larry, and shout out to the company, and happy Father's Day to all the fathers, stepfathers, and people who are who play that role in, in someone's life. Um, I had a stepfather story that I wanted to tell you, and it's kind of how I transformed myself into a Knicks fan. Because throughout that time, um, throughout the early 90s, my stepfather was a huge Knicks fan. He would um, come in, and he was known, um, before he was my stepfather, he was just known as my cousin's friends. And he would always visit my cousins and watch the Knicks games. And eventually, pretty much, you know, him and my mom eventually, 
we got got romantically involved and he became my stepfather and at that time i was a huge michael jordan fan so you could only imagine you know that 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 would set up some tension to watching some games in the 90s and the reason i was a huge michael jordan fan was because i uh, you know i fell for the propaganda he was you know fantastic when he came out of baseball he was everything as advertised and when michael jordan did retire i eventually started watching that latrell sprewell Allen Houston, you know, Larry Johnson run to the finals and pretty much they suckered me into this long, miserable depression. (laughs) So, so that's, you know, so I always, you know, remember those times um, because that's, you know, he kind of, you know, was the guy, was that Nick fan and, you know, he kind of pretty much turned me into a Nick fan over time and I pretty much stuck with the local team and it was, and it the only reason I liked the Bulls at that time was because of the red and black colors, and it was Michael Jordan. So I can't really complain about that. So but um, to my excuse. Nick, you, know, you came yeah, to the senses, so your excuse. Oh, of course, yeah. I, I, and I was under ten. That 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 it doesn't count. No, it doesn't count. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so um, I was uh, uh, to my Nick point because we've been hearing a lot of talk, and you know. I think the conversation with Buddha and Ty kind of like had me just dying. And it's because it, 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 it's one of those things where it's like we, we're, we're talking all the people that are available. They have all of these red flags. And I'm hearing that we need to give up a uh, pretty much R.J. Barrett, who is at the end of the day, whether we think he's an all-star or not, he is a NBA starter. Mm-hmm. Then we're giving up. Emmanuel quickly, who is a potential sixth man, or you know, actually second in voting sixth man candidate and quality player. So he's a high end rotational player that could be a starter. And we're giving up Obi Toppin, who's a low end rotation player who provides depth for when, you know, Randall is out or when Randall needs a breast, you know, need, need, needs to take a break, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I'm hearing the, the these players' names just being thrown out there, and I'm like, I'm giving up three valuable pieces of my roster for a Zach Levine, a Zion Williamson, uh, Bradley Beal, a, da- a, a, a Dame Lillard, and I love Dame Lillard. I, I mm-hmm. think he's fantastic, but he, he he's almost been available as much as Bradley Beal in the last couple seasons. So I'm just very like like why would the Knicks if they didn't make that trade for Donovan Mitchell and they got proven right by the end of the season by sticking with what they had making the smart strategic trade for Josh Hart and elevating their team that way I'm not averse to possibly yes possibly running it back and seeing what happens because when we look at the pitch that we do have from a Dallas, a Washington, or a, um, I'm forgot, forgetting the other team that's coming, um, other than Detroit, who just mm-hmm. hired Monty Williams. Why not let's see how the season unfolds because all those teams cannot be tank- tanking. Some of those teams are going to lose their protection status over time where that pick is going to be a lot more attractive and easier to move, where we could get another possibly a strategic trade that will even make us bet that will even make us better or 
God forbid, if it all comes down, where if Julius Randle has his usually odd year numbers, because we all we all can't forget about that. He mm-hmm. usually does perform bad in the odd years. Yeah. How, you know, if we fall into if we fall into that spot, if we fall into a play in or a play out situation. We're we're still we're still loaded to still make more move, more moves in the future. We 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 can't just you know trade it on those four guys or even a KP or what else I'm hearing on Twitter. It's just, it's just gotten to a point where I'm just like I think I, I, I um I know we're doing it for clickbait and talk and talk talk show conversations, but as a Knicks fan, you know let 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 let's let them work and try to see what they can get guess what's best for the team i agree with you jose thanks for the phone call they do we, we just you know it's 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 fun that you have these rumors out there and they always pop up like this around draft time because uh, of the fact that the draft is coming and teams want to move up move down move sideways whoever what they can to try to get better when you have draft picks and especially a team you know like the knicks who have a lot of draft picks the nets as you heard from christian winfield now have a lot of draft picks so those teams are always going to be in the mix there because teams like to use draft picks to move up and it helps them from their salary that you don't have to really start, you know, paying high prices for guys right away. Here's the only thing that I would say to you is it doesn't, you have to look at the talent, what you have. All right. We've seen enough of Obi Toppin, We've seen enough of Emmanuel quickly. We've seen enough of RJ Barrett now to make a decision. Okay, what are the odds that these players are going to get substantially better, uh, that they are going to be dominant people on our team? We should know them. We should know these players better than anybody else because they're with us every single day. We watch film on them every single day. We see what teams, how teams play them and defend them every single day. We've tried to work on the weak, their weaknesses to counteract what teams have taken away from them every single day. So we have to look and say, all right, if we give Obi Toppin more time, we give Emmanuel quickly more time, we give RJ Barrett more time, we do some, we give these players more time. Are they going to be, are they going to make the team substantially better than what they are right now? And that's a and that's one of the decisions that you have to make if you're. Leon Rose and Worldwide West and Company. I, that's the decision. Okay? Because sometimes you can over-evaluate your own players. And sometimes teams that oppose you can under-evaluate your players. <laughs> All right? And, and that's why you try to make the trade work. And ideally, the trade should work for both. We know it just seems like when you're a fan of a team, sometimes you think that the other team got the best of you. But in a perfect world, it's supposed to work together, right? Both teams are supposed to be okay. Both teams are supposed to work well for both teams. So we'll see what happens. But you just have to be very careful to see, all right, running it back means running it back means I'm going to lose. Will I get to the second round? Or will I face a team that's improved in the first round that I won't get past the first round? Now, I'm not saying just give the players away. Keep that in mind. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying just go out there and give them away for the sake of giving them away because we got to make change. It's not what I'm saying. 
What I'm saying is you have to seriously evaluate and be honest. Are these players going to help us get to the next level where we go? If I can get, because if not, if I can give up, if I can give up two rotational players, that's going to give me a dominant starter improve a lot in a package that will include that gives me a dominant starter. I gotta take that, I gotta take that chance. You know, um Chris from Manhattan, who always checks in about the Jets, who is a staunch NFL draft guy, always says, when you make a trade, it's gotta hurt. That that when it's hurt, when it hurts, that means it's a trade that you know you you really need to make. If you're trying to get a a player that's going to make a difference, a starter that's going to make a difference on your team, it's going to hurt you a little bit. It's going to hurt. Phoenix, when they brought in Kevin Durant and they sent Macau Bridges and Cam Johnson to the Nets, that hurt them. I'm telling you, it cost them. If they could have kept either one of those players out of that deal, I'm not saying they would have beat Denver, but it would have, it would not have been the way that it went down. Aside from Chris Paul being hurt. It would have been a little different. Because really what hurt Phoenix was their bench, the fact that they didn't have enough bench guys. Yeah, the short the, the, you know, Durant being hurt on the layup line and not being able to get there and, and have more time to bond and work and work out and do, do all the different things with Chris Paul and you know and the, and the players that were there, it hurt them. But the fact that Macau Bridges, who was their number one guy, who was their top six man, and Cam Johnson was their top seventh man or 6A, was not coming off that bench, that hurt that team. It cost Monty Williams his job. So, but they went for Kevin Durant. So now, in theory, it should work. I and mean, if it doesn't work, it didn't work last year. Maybe it works this coming season. 1-800-919-3776. More of your calls next on 9870 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Chatting with you at 1-800-919-3776. You know, I hope you put June 30th on your calendar. Why? The ESPN New York Beach Bash at the Jersey Shore. Friday, June 30th at Bar A in Lake Cuomo. Oh, two live broadcasts, baby. And appearances from D.P. and Rothenberg, who will give away the all-American Ford Bronco. It kicks off with Barton Hahn live at noon, followed by the Michael K. Show from 3 to 7 with giveaways for fans in attendance and music from the Moroccan Sheep Herders. It's all brought to you by Patron Tequila, Stoli Vodka. Um, oh, I just moved it. That's not good. My... My screen just messed up. That's terrible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Boom is right. <laughs> give me a second while I live radio, ladies and gentlemen. Give me a second while I switch this around. Uh, there we go. By Patron Tequila, Stoli Vodka, Bet MGM, All American Auto Group, Calandra's Bakery, and Flight by Euling. You must be at least 21 years of age to enter. Set to the phones, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to Joe and Yonkers. Joe, you're next on 98.7. Hey, 
Hey, how you doing, man? Um, I just wanted to give a call because, uh, you know, watching the Knicks playoffs this year, I think the takeaway really is that there's this is a one-man team. I mean, Brunson is a championship player. Uh, the supporting cast he's got around them, they're just they're flawed. Um, they don't hit the shots when, when they're wide open. And for the exception of maybe Josh Hart, I think everyone's expendable. Um, the problem, though, is, is that out of all the leagues in sports, um, the trades that are in the NBA are just so inflated. I mean, you have to give up so much uh, to get that, that difference maker. And so although the change needs to be made, when I look at the guys that are available right now, you know, guys like Beal, Carl Anthony Towns, Damian Lillard, whether it's age, injuries, or just inconsistency, I don't think anybody out there available is worth the package that it would take. And I think my opinion is, you know, you just don't make a, a move for the sake of making a move. And unfortunately, I think we're going to have to run it back. We're going to have to wait for another difference maker, you know, like Donovan Mitchell, um, and just have to sit tight until that 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 proposal is there for the for the difference maker because I'm looking at these guys and they just they, they, they just don't do it for me. I hear what you're saying, uh, Joe. Thanks for the phone call. It's and that's what makes it so tough to be to be in the front office of the Knicks. Okay? That, that's what makes it so tough because you know the other teams are going to get better. Okay, you know that. You know that you have to try to find a way to improve your team without giving up the ship without giving up more than what you want. And here's the other thing. Teams know that you know that you have to improve. Teams are looking at you, and they say, you know what, this Nick team is, uh, they're okay, but, you know, they they got a lot of stuff they got to work on. They do. And you know they do. You're a Nick fan. You know your team is not where it needs to be. And the, the disturbing thing for me, Joe, about it is, it's not only the trades, but it's it's the guys that are available in those trades. Now, listen, if this was three years ago and I didn't know what was going to happen, I might be I might jump at the chance to try to get Zion Williamson because I know that when he was in the draft, the same draft as R.J. Barrett. I mean, the Knicks were dying. Could we please get the could, could we please get the frozen envelope or the or the ping pong ball or something where we could have a chance to get this kid because this is the kid that we want. This is the person that can possibly lead us to where we need to go. All right, that was the thought process. But now you look at him and you're like, I mean, come on, he does he is he ever gonna play a full season in the league? And you're afraid. You're afraid. Okay, you want to 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 have a chance at him. I mean, in theory, he should be a top-notch player. But when when Gordon Damer gave me the stat that <laughs> that there are a number of players who have played in more games than him. I mean, Ben Simmons played in more games than he has. I mean, that's scary. So do I roll the dice that eventually he'll be healthy? Like now's the time that he's going to be healthy and, and we'll, we can get our guy back? Is, is, is that the dice I'm rolling? Because, and I have to trade a bunch of draft picks and half my team to get him? I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. 
I don't know if I can do that. Lennox and Tenon Falls, Lennox, you're next on 98.7. Yeah, you, you know, Larry, we, um, as you were saying before, we have seen these guys play on the Knicks. You know, we, we, we've seen them play. We know what we got. It's time to get better. Because like you, like you said, if they don't get better, these other teams are going to get better. Miami, if Miami would have had Tyler Hero last year, who knows how that series would have turned out. Mm. Now they're going to get they're going to get a better player now, and they're going to be just as good. Cleveland, who knows? They may not let the Knicks run over them like they did last year, because they're going to be out after them. That's what I say, like the Knicks have got to get better. That, that's all I got to say about this. I just want to hear what you got to say. All right, Leonard. Thanks for the phone call. They do have to get better, and and that's a major. That's a that's a tough. That's a tough. Um, thing for them to do you know to see what whether they can or can can or cannot get better but they have to try to make some adjustments there and yeah but once again Leonard here's the issue they you they have to get better but how what's the road for them to get better right what's that what does that road look like what does that uh, what's the player? that we can say, okay, let's go get that guy, and that guy will turn us around. I mean, it's unbelievable. There's been a, a Christoph Porzingis I mean, crusade. I don't know. We need to bring him back. We, I, do we really? Is he going to be the guy that – is he the guy that's going to make a difference? Is, is Really? I mean, yes, over the past couple of years, it seems like he's gotten over his injury situation. But do you believe this is the guy that's going to help you get to a – this is the guy that's going to help you win a championship because that's what this is about. This is about winning a title. That's what this is about. This is about winning a championship. I don't think he's that guy. It's just me. And listen, talent-wise, Bradley Bill would be great. But, you know, is Bradley Bill the type of player that is going to add to your team? Is he, the, is he the guy that takes you to the next level? And a, at a very high salary. And what's going to be left when you get him? That's going to help you get to where you got to go. That's the other thing. Okay, these players—you know—you're not just—they're not just giving these players away. <laughs> okay, they're not. You have to pay hefty for them. And listen, Beal and Lillard, Paul George. Oh, oh, I mentioned that I saw in the trade possibility. I mean. Really? These guys are in their mid 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 thirties. I mean, I know I want some experience on my team, but I've got a lot of young players on here. I, I would like to have a little better balance. It's an interesting situation. It really is. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We'll take more of your calls next on ninety eight seven ESPN.